Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is the only person on the planet who doesn't know what WandaVision is, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I am. I'm blissfully unaware. That that's that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Of most things, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us. Uh, podcast at romancircusblog.com or on Patreon, patreon.com slash romancircuspod, and we are wherever podcasts are. All right, Zach, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in the news, a lot of things happening. Where do you want to begin? Do you want me to tell you I what mean, WandaVision is? Yeah, I guess I've, I've seen everyone talking about it, and so inevitably I will end up checking it out, but I actually, I just don't even have a clue what WandaVision is about. It's on Disney Plus. Have you Okay. Have you done the Disney Plus yet? Yeah, I have Disney Plus. I have the I have the like deluxe pack where you get Disney Plus, you get Hulu, you get ESPN. ESPN, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I got that too. I um I paid for the one that doesn't have ads because I just didn't I didn't want like it was a couple more dollars and then you don't have ads. Oh yeah, I don't yeah, whenever you can avoid ads, it's good. That's how they get you in the end. I just signed up for Peacock. You know what that is? Um, yeah, I do know what that is. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, go ahead. Just you know, <laughs> just for the sake of uh of of explaining pushing pushing the podcast forward. Uh it's NBC's streaming service. Mm-hmm. And I signed up for it because they bought the rights to the WWE network. So now if I want to watch my precious, precious, all the wrestling, I have to do it through Peacock. I so. I like Peacock because they have the channels. So you can just like mindlessly watch things on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were where Little Rascals was on Peacock for a good while. I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was. You probably don't see any residuals from that, do you? Um, Very little. I don't. I don't think so. I haven't. Like, I don't really read the statements when like the checks come in, but I'm pretty sure streaming for old what? movies, like movies from the '90s, I'm pretty sure those don't pay out. What? What's the like smallest residual check you've ever gotten? I'm Have pretty you sure there was like a couple cents. Yeah, I, it was for like international airing. Okay. Uh, a few years back and it was it, it was like 48 cents or something ridiculous do you cash that or do you like put it on the desk and let them pile up um i think we just threw it in the in the checking account it was it was back when you like went to a bank and you had to give them your checks mm-hmm. um so did, it was did a long you time tie ago. it off that yeah did you get <laughs> put my did four you cents get the in the church? collection plate yeah um you know i probably did I bet. I hope. Okay, good. Um, WandaVision is a Marvel... It's a miniseries that takes place after Avengers Endgame and kind of explains what happens to a couple of the characters as they start to launch Phase 4 of the Marvel movies. 
I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, uh, like a good little miniseries that it was a story that I don't think was worth a movie, which is weird to say because the miniseries runs for longer than a movie, you know, time-wise. But, like, I just think it's, I don't know. I think it was better done as a miniseries than an actual, like, feature-length film. That's fair. Does that make sense? Wait, so it's not a miniseries? No, it is a miniseries. Oh, sorry. so it's like the, oh, oh, oh. Eight, it's like eight or nine episodes, and I think it plays better as a miniseries than an actual like. I feel yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of miniseries lately because it is. It's hard. Like when something they're like, we're gonna do all this, and I'm like, in two hours, please. Though then there's well, those movies that are way too long, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But miniseries, I, I'm a fan. I like miniseries that are one season and done, and then you don't have to be like, all right, I'm going to commit the next six years of my life to this thing. Right. Like The Undoing. Was, that? Um, it, it's Nicole Kidman. And, Is that an uh, Apple TV Hugh Grant. thing? No, it's HBO Max. Okay, I'll look at that. Did you see that Paramount Plus has launched? I did see that, yeah. So they're like CBS's Peacock. So there's now, so, okay, Hulu is owned by ABC. So I, I assume that's sort of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, NBC obviously has Peacock. CBS has Paramount Plus now. So I, I don't know if like the Fox people will ever do. I mean, I, I assume, well, most of that got bought. So yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, instead of paying for cable, which is so expensive, you just have to buy back all the channels one by one now. Yeah, which is like what we asked for. They're giving us what it we is. wanted. It is what everybody said they wanted. And then now that it's happening, it's like, well, this, uh, I, I guess I don't know why I thought this would go any different. Yeah, I currently have Netflix, Hulu, WWE Network, which is going to be Peacock, uh, YouTube, and Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so. I you have YouTube like premium or what do you mean? Oh yeah. Get those oh, commercials nice. out of my face. Yeah, that's what I so there, I like to be able to close the app and then I don't like the commercials. Especially okay, a lot of people who become flat earthers or, you know, even mm-hmm. our last episode about people who get addicted to the internet, a lot of it starts with targeted ads. So when you pay for YouTube, you're like I mean and it's like specifically YouTube. So I've the ads disabled. And then I also turn off autoplay because I'm like, eh. yeah, well, that's how you get in trouble with the kids content. I don't know if they regulated that, but we talked about that before. Like are the Helmix talked about it too. They did a really good podcast about it. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Uh, all that content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. Um, that's what WandaVision is. All right. Next up we got, uh, we have a few things that are taking the world by storm this week. We have okay, we right. have two th- couple of things taking the world by storm. One of them's Catholic, and one of them should be Catholic. Uh, and then we have the uh, thing that's ta- that has taken the podcast by storm for about two years now. That you've been charging, leading the leading the battle cries on. That's right. Uh, so what I've do you want? What should, we, what should we talk about first? Um, why don't you pick? Let's talk about, we got to talk about the Royals, Zach. All right. So on Sunday, a sort of hotly anticipated two-hour interview um, with Oprah Winfrey and 
the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, uh, Harry mm-hmm. and Meghan, uh, was aired on. It was this, you know, this big explosive tell-all. Um, you know, kind of supposed to be similar to the the interview that Diana gave that you know led to the divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, supposed to be one of those big watershed moments for the royals, and it, I think it delivered in the sense that it was the top news story. It's what everybody was talking about. We got um, some good memes out of it. A lot of memes. Yeah. So, so that happened. I, did you watch I, it? So on Sunday, as, as I've already explained, I was, uh, what my watching pattern is. I was watching the wrestling with, uh, my friend and over zoom with former guests of the show, father, Dan, and nice. possibly future guest father Michael Lilladol. Uh there was a Zach, there was a exploding barbed wire death match. I couldn't miss it. I couldn't miss it. I you know, I had to watch that first. So I watched that. Uh it was good. The ending was uh the ending was bad. They had an unfortunate ending. in the wrestling business called a botch, Zach. Uh-huh. You a botch. Botches. Yeah. Yeah. Basically what happened was they were like, if the, if this match goes over, so three side of the rings, three side of the ring ropes are wrapped in barbed wire. And if the, and if you run into it, the barbed wire explodes. So that made for some good drama and some good, like some good bangs and pops whenever someone would run into the, the barbed wire, right? It was good. So then they said the other one was like, if the match goes over 30 minutes, the mm-hmm. entire the entire ring explodes. Okay, that um so they you know if they say it, they're most likely gonna do it. So what happened was the match went under 30 minutes. What had happened was what had happened was match went under 30 minutes, but to drum up the to drum up the drama, they said the clock on the exploding ring is still running. Everybody needs to get out of the ring as quickly as possible. Okay. Okay. But the guy who lost John Moxley was so beaten and bruised that he couldn't get out. So his, his one of the guys that is kind of his friend, but not his friend came out to save him to like, John, we got to pull you out of the ring, right? Drama, drama, drama. Yeah, and he he noticed he couldn't get John out of the ring, and the clock was counting under ten. So Eddie Kingston just throws himself onto John Moxley, and they pan out, getting ready for this huge ring explosion setup. And -hmm. it was like a couple plumes of smoke and a couple of sparklers. Clearly, a botch that they like whatever they were planning on doing didn't actually happen. And oh boy, those announcers really had to work overtime to like sell it to like make it seem like something was going on and it was uh yeah it was uh it's pretty rough zach yeah i mean that doesn't sound pleasant no so basically there was supposed to be a lot of fireworks in the wrestling but i gather there was probably more fireworks in the oprah interview oh transition hold up yeah. wait a minute yeah <laughs> yeah so i watched I actually watched a little bit of it today. Uh, okay. And you know what? I got to say, I found everything Meghan Markle said to be completely believable. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have any like doubts about the honesty. I noticed yeah. Oprah sounded sort of unnatural during all of it. She sounded like if she was um, Maya Rudolph, like playing Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's right. Because she would be like, "What? What? And what? Now- what?" And that was something I feel like uh, Maya Rudolph would do. But Oprah was really killing the what's, um, you know. And it yeah, I mean, nice- part of the the things that kind of bugged me was they would they would share some like you know salacious be like, "Oh, this happened," and it's like, "Well, who mm-hmm. was it?" Um, I don't want to say. And it's like, I mean, if you're really going to come all the way out here and do all so- this, like, you should just say. She did say the part I watched, she did say that Queen Elizabeth was very nice to her. Right. Right. And she kind of, she, I don't know if she really like, she didn't have the hot goss. She didn't really spill all the British tea of, on Kate Middleton. When I saw, she was like, Kate made me cry, which like, you know, whom's yeah, to girls, mind? girls be doing that. Yeah. Um, but the, so I don't know if that changed, but you could, there were a couple t- things. I did notice okay. that they went out of their way to sort of say that the queen was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. There was a point they mentioned calling and checking on Prince Philip. Um, uh, Megan, in the thing about Kate making her cry, said she, you know, Kate apologized. It was forgiven. Kate's a good person. You know, no big deal. And right. then when they were asked about William, um, they only had good things, even though there's like a riff, which everyone knows about. They only had good things to say. So it did seem like by process of elimination, the bad. Probably Charles. Yeah. Like it, it, he was only one that nobody had a single positive thing to say. Nobody made any excuses for his behavior. There was no backtracking on anything negative. Like it was just all bad. Did, so they actually brought him up in the interview. Like in. Well, yeah. So it, um, Harry mentioned that his dad doesn't take his phone calls anymore. Okay, and then they also went mentioned that they've talked to the queen more over the past year than like their whole life. So you know you can kind of see that the villain in the story is Charles, which is not surprising. He's been pretty much a disaster his whole life, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, okay, I sure he has been, but how can he be expected to be normal in that setting? Right, it's a very un unnormal setting. And I mean, you can still grow up to be, I mean, you can still grow up to be nice and not ridiculous, but there, there has to be like, I don't know, it's got to be hard. And as as we've watched and talked about with the crown, the whole machine, like she, she marries into this family and she was like talking about going to HR to like file complaints. And I like, this is a very like imagine marrying into a family and like having to deal with issues and you have to go to the family human resources. Right. Or like, right. She, they, it would be like, uh, I would like to go to therapy and you're like, you can't do that. It's bad for the brand. Which, or like, I would so like, that is okay, really then. bad. If that, like that aspect of it is bad. So one of the things she revealed was that she was of having, course. She was really depressed and she was having suicidal ideation and she wanted to get help. And I guess she wanted to, she made it sound like she wanted to go to like a facility. Um, and they and said, like, no. sorry, you can't. 
I guess they basically just told her to like suck it up. And that, I mean, that's not good. Like, especially have a stiff upper lip and be British about it. Be English about it. Love. Like, especially when people are postpartum, like sometimes they really do need an intervention. And so, you know, that part was bad. I think what I would want to know, and you know, you don't necessarily run out saying this because people don't listen for nuance is what were her demands? Like, was it, you know, I'm having, I'm struggling with this, this and that, and I want treatment. Cause like, then that's, you know, that's pretty black and white. Like she should have gotten that if it was, I'm struggling with this, this and that. And therefore here's like my long list of demands, you know, that's kind of a problem. And people do tend to, you know, in a, in a dispute, in a, you know, an argument, they will, you know, leverage different factors. Like if they're having this issue or that issue or, you know, Mm -hmm. or like they've, People do kind of lord that stuff around. I don't, it doesn't sound like she did that, though. It would be interesting to know, like, what were your, what did you ask for and what was the answer, like, specifically? And if it was for treatment, then yeah, that's pretty black and white. She should have, you know, been able to get that. Yeah. So, what else, like, what they talked about, obviously, like the, you know, the classic, the, the big time Oprah face, the big time Oprah, what was, what was when, Megan said that they came to her with concerns about the color of their baby of Archie's skin. Like what color is the baby going to be? Right. And so that was the big, yeah, that more than the, you know, not being able to see a doctor or whatever, that was the one that, you know, Oprah was like, what? And so, yeah. Which obviously is, you know, a, a very rough thing to have had happen. Yeah, and Meghan Markle's it, father has weighed in on that, and he said it was probably just a dumb comment. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, I don't know, it's just kind of odd that he weighed in on that part of it. But yeah. Anyway, go on. I mean, it could have been. It doesn't make it any better, right? But it, like, it, uh, you have, so her, is her father black and her mother white? No. Her father, I mean, I don't, her father's white. I don't know much else about him. Cause I mean, she's just a fourth black one fourth. Okay. But still that's, that's one fourth more than has basically entered the Royal family. Plus she's an American, right? If there was ever, right. There I mean, was ever but a, yes, a no, like combo, by, by definition, yes, no, she's a black woman. She, you know, was the first black woman to marry into the Royal family. That's, you know, that does percentages aren't relevant there. Well, yeah, but my point is, like, regardless of it, it just, it's quite the combo to create, like, I mean, they, the people, especially the people who work for the royal family, take the monarchy very seriously. Like, it is as much yeah, of their whole it job. Is, well, it's their life, right? Like, it's, it's their job, but it is their identity. Like, they are the, I'm the so-and-so to the queen. I'm the so-and-so to this. I'm the so-and-so to that. So, like, you have this whole thing. It's like, Downton Abbey, like Carson on Downton Abbey's whole life is the house, right? So like yeah. anything that anything that threatens potentially threatens the house you're weary of. So like a black American coming in there, like regardless of it's just different to where it you never know what's gonna like shake out. And I mean they're outspoken. Like I think a lot of the hate, the Meghan Markle hate after this interview obviously comes like people disagreeing with their 
their politics or what they perceive their politics to be, which is fine. Like people have political disagreements. So like all these things just kind of add up to like, yeah, you got to keep your eye on Megan. Right. Right. And by extension, Archie, like they said, like they weren't going to give Archie. So the other interesting thing, the part I heard was like, they weren't going to give Archie a title. And because of that, he wasn't going to get the, protection that came with the title and she was like i don't i don't care about the title as much as i care about the protection like this is a this is the sign yeah that was an interesting conversation because right like basically the you need the the title for the protection which is weird right so all of the 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 titles and all that kind of stuff attached to them are basically certain I mean, it's almost like a budget situation. Like, you know, if you're hiring, you know, if you're looking at like a staff and like, okay, well, if we hire a, a director, you know, directors get profit share and they get a cell phone allowance and whatever. But if we just hire a staff, you know, they don't, they maybe get 401k, but they don't get, you know I mean? Like it's, yeah. there's basically a set of things. And, you know, since those are paid for either if by hire the crown or, or by nothing. the, right. I mean, right. Um, you know, they're either paid for by the crown or by the British government or whomever. So it, it is a situation where, you know, that it is more than just, it's, you know, it's almost like, okay, you know, to have security, right. You'd be this and that. And, you know, when you're, you know, one thing where I would, I would totally take maybe Megan's side on is that when they didn't do the birth picture, like they didn't come out from the hospital and, Mm -hmm. And do that. It's like, well, they'd already by that point, I guess, weren't expecting security. So, and the, or they knew the son wasn't going to have security. So it was like, well, we don't necessarily want him, him photographed by everybody and viewed all over the world. Like, he, he you know, there's no, he doesn't, he's like exposed. Um, sure. And so, like you, they, you, why? Yeah. I, okay. Continue. Sorry. Well, and it's an interesting thing. And, you know, I meant to do a little bit more digging on this. What I did know from reading about this prior is that, so the daughter of the queen princess, Anne, her children don't have titles and they don't have security. Um, she was, I guess this was her preference in doing that. Um, but then Prince Andrew, his daughters do have titles. And I, I know that there have been fights about, uh, security with them, like specifically. Yeah, I mean, people need security from Prince Andrew, but that's another story. Well, right. Um, hey, but it was always Prince Charles's preference that they basically streamline, and that you know fewer people, because it's expensive, and the public sees how expensive it is and starts to talk. And like the idea with some of that is just that they don't want to appear wasteful, and so they try to keep they try to run things on a bit of a budget, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're at the point that you're never going to be, you know, actually king, you can see how you'd want to start going ahead and like knocking names off the list of who do you have to pay to secure and well, yeah, all this other stuff. I mean, I get like, I get that maybe like 45th in line for the throne doesn't need the security, right? But Archie is Archie's top 10, right? At the would the yeah, top 10 seven, at this point. Yeah, and plus he's like, I don't know. I think it would behoove the family to make sure that the seventh in line, plus the son of the of Harry and the American actress who has a profile, is kept 
Yeah, but I mean, you can see how when they when they go with their budget to Parliament or whomever, the pub there's like a public relations side of it of like oh the monarchies like they're always kind of in fear of just getting tossed out. And so, I mean, it's why Buckingham Palace is like dangerous to stand in because they nobody can they they like they can't spend the money to repair it because that would look really bad when everybody sees the finances. So there's gotcha. whole rooms where the ceiling you can't go in because the ceiling is collapsing, and nobody wants to take the sort of PR hit of spending the millions of dollars to like fix the ceiling. Oh wow, I had no idea that that was the case. So, but like that context was not, I don't, you know, I don't expect a lot of people to know that, but yeah, I, it would, that's where it's sort of difficult to be like, okay, yeah, sure. It was totally a race thing that, that Archie wouldn't have a title or security. Um, but at the same time, they did want like Harry and Meghan and Archie were going to be pretty involved in things, right? Well, that's and, the other. You know, I mean, that's brother the other king. So it, 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 I don't think it was a it was a unrealistic ask to say, well, one, he should be a prince, but then two, yeah, like you should have security. We're not. I mean, your brother's the king. Like you're going to get, you know, you're going to have photographers following you. You're going to have, you know, psychos, all that kind of stuff. Like you do need to be protected. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's. They're they're just in a completely different position than Princess Margaret's kids or Princess oh Princess Anne's kids sorry, but like it uh I don't know so that was that I mean you could see where a lot of this just really I think the thing that people got the most upset with at least on the internet was uh just like the blatant maybe disregard for Megan's emotional and mental issue right i mean suicide at that point right right? yeah i mean it did kind of seem like okay we've worked this out and here's where you fit and it's a bit of a raw deal because you're gonna have all this exposure and you're gonna have to like you have to to make sure you don't make do it right like you have to make sure you don't make us look bad and you have all this stuff on you but we aren't going to provide you with the security detail and you're not you know it's like well it's all the bad sides of it. It seemed like, and none do you of, think, I mean, not even that security is good, but like you kind of just want to have be safe. Yeah. Well, do you think that this, and this maybe, I don't know, this is speculation, I guess, but like, or maybe they talked about it. Maybe Oprah asked, I don't know. Cause I didn't see, but like, did her being an actress play in like, do they, some of it, they thought that she could like handle it. Cause she's has a profile and she is not, She's yeah, I'm not, not like, sure on what I did. The one thing that Harry said is that at one point they were saying that she needed to keep acting so that because so that like the you know the firm didn't have to pay for her living expenses. So they, she, I, I guess they didn't she, make her stop. Like, is she just going to marry Prince Harry and then go back to filming episodes of White Collar every week? Like, what is she or whatever show she was on? Like, what is it? I mean, yeah, I guess that's what the I idea, mean. the idea you could still act, but like, are, I mean, I mean that, that is like the it, big issue with a lot of the sort of like peripheral figures in the whole situation, because they, they obviously aren't going to be, you know, the sovereign and yet they're 
close to it in terms of family. So they're, you know, they can't just go like work at, at Pretz or something. Um, yeah, so a lot, but they're not supposed to live too lavishly, but then nobody's, I mean, it, it is this weird, like, where do so they carve out their sort of existence? You're, you're Megan Markle. You have a, you have a son, Archie. You, it would take a just absolutely devastating beyond tragic event to have Harry become King, right? Set aside like, yeah, I mean, the entire, stuff, right? right. I mean, basically William and all three of his children would have to die. Yeah. It would have to be devastating. So like you, you're not, you don't, Harry doesn't really have a shot at being King, but at the same time, he's part of the family. So he has to be part of the family. But then if they have that financial thing you're talking about, like, and they want her to go back to work, are they just going to like buy, buy some big house in Beverly Hills? And this is like Buckingham palace West. And then they just kind of, she just acts and they do their stuff. And, but they're still, it's, well, so I that's mean, the strange thing. Like the, yeah. I don't, I don't really know how it works for some. I know that there's these sort of minor um, figures, like the Countess of Wessex, or these things that basically, you know, they don't, they're not like full time royals. But when needed, they they go to the things, they cut the ribbons, you see them on the balcony, and I don't know, what, I don't know if they if they have like you know generational wealth and they just live off that. But I mean, they clearly they don't have security. They don't, you know, it, mm. it's a it's a different thing. And I, I think what I gathered from the interview is that that's what Harry and Megan wanted to be. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, no, like you're either all in or you're all out, but all in means, you know, this is all you can do, but at the same time, there's no title, there's no security. You can't talk to the press. We won't defend you with the press, you know, so, I mean, it was just an, like, I don't really know what they should, what they were supposed to do in the situation. Not, I mean, there's obviously well, people well, have a lot worse than them, but like, I don't, didn't seem like they had well, a lot yeah, of good of options. Of course. Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of people are way worse off, but like the only real, the only real option is just to stay in the palace and like, just live there and just be there constantly and like go nuts and like, they, well, and like in her case, she was getting so much press and they were like, okay, don't leave the house. And she's like, I haven't left the house. And then she was getting more press. Like you need to not like be causing such a stir. And she's like, I, she's not on social media. She's not leaving the house. She's not talking to the, you know, like, I mean, I don't know how she I, can control that. Yeah. I, the one thing I, and this is probably obvious to everyone and everyone realizes this, like our press over in America is stupid and like, foolish but the press over in the uk is just rough man they're like they're like cutthroat out there with the press and they they mentioned in the interview that they the press though the tabloids that cover the royals they also have their parties at the palace like their christmas party and stuff yeah but uh yeah go on so but and we've touched on this before and every and people saw it in the thing where they just the differences between how they covered Kate and how they covered Megan. Like it's so very obvious that they're just trying to stir stuff constantly. Right. So like you, if you're, if you're homebound Megan Markle and you're not going anywhere, they can just be like, 
Megan locked up in the palace, unable to leave because she offends them every time she goes out. Like it just, the narrative is nonstop and they're constantly, you, you stay in and they write pieces on why you're staying in. You go out and they write pieces on how, you know, you're whatever you're doing when you go out. Right now, unfortunately, I mean, the Oprah interview was their choice. So like, I think maybe there's a part, there's probably just a part of her that concedes that she has to, she has to come out and say what she wants to say because stuff is going to come out at regardless. Right. You basically have to live like this very public private life. Otherwise, that was the thing she mentioned was, was like, so the story comes out that she made Kate, the, um, Duchess of Cambridge cry at the wedding. On her wedding day. Yeah. Huge, huge story, right? Like, can you believe, can you believe it? Um, and you know what, what Megan said in the interviews is the other way around. And actually Kate had made her cry. It's like, can you believe it? Head should roll. How can yeah. how, but okay. The issue with all that to Megan's point was that the, they wouldn't do anything to correct it. And they basically never would correct any kind of harsh story about Megan, but they have gone out and corrected things. So like Kate Middleton gets um, Botox or that her hair is fake and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. there, I guess there was this idea that, that they have your back sometimes, but they don't have other people's back other times. And so, yeah, I mean, she's clearly in a rough situation. What I think happens, my prediction is that, there's an apology and the apology is accepted and um, you know, Archie is a prince from it and you know, kind of weaved in is like a racial healing thing and like a mental health aware. Cause like the, the, the Royal family already has this whole mental health charity grip thing going. So I, I assume that that's what this builds towards is a, a sort of touching reconciliation that happens. And in, in the shuffle mm-hmm. of all that, we sort of forget about the whole Prince Andrew, Jeff Epstein pedophile. stuff. like notice that that stuff kind of like that's the thing. I mean, if they really wanted to devastate in that interview, they could have talked about that, but they never mentioned a word about the Prince Andrew stuff. I know. Yeah. I mean, and obviously this was, uh, I just pulled my headphones and <laughs> my headphone cord out of my headphones. So I missed the like, previous 15 seconds before you said the Prince Andrew stuff. Oh, I was so saying, I, like, I think that this is building towards an eventual like apology and an acceptance and yeah. this sort of reconciliation and what kind of falls under the radar in this whole move is the situation with Prince Andrew. First of all, yeah, they have to be very careful on the reconciliation because I, and this is just me adding to the nonsense, but like, if they have this huge reconciliation thing, then it just comes across as like all PR stuff. That's where it continues to be. Like they're just, there's well, probably I mean, just no victory. That's the thing. Like they were afraid of upsetting the press so they wouldn't defend Megan. Well, now the press is on Megan's side. Yeah. So they're out of fear of the press. They're going to forget, but notice how, you know, they, it could work out given how this has played out. If there's mm. some kind of reconciliation, then Megan is good again in the eyes of the press and everybody gets along. So you yeah. can kind of see how everybody could win in the situation. And then again, that, that it overshadows a, because there's, despite what people say about cancel culture, there is plenty of sort of appetite for like growth 
on racial issues, mental health issues and stuff. Yeah. That there isn't that for like child rape. You know, like there's just not like there's not a way yeah. that they can kind of say like we've learned a lot from the Prince Andrew thing and we now know that, well, yeah, it's that wrong whole thing. to kidnap teenagers. Like there's not but like the you know, the skin tone stuff, the mental you know, they can talk about how they this has been a, a chance for them to do the work and do the reading well, and, they can and even learn. People within the people within the palace will probably fall on the sword as it were and be like, you know, this is just blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, the Prince Andrew, and I don't know if the, I don't know if the interview with Oprah was really the forum to like get Meghan and Harry's in-depth thoughts about Prince Andrew. That's like a whole other thing that requires. Well, right. But like if they wanted to drop a nuke on the Royal family, they would have mentioned like we were treated terribly, but notice how they all rush to defend Andrew or explain it away or help shut that down. Like we didn't get yeah. any kind of, I think it's anything. good that they didn't do that. And it, uh, right. But also it kind of tells me that they're not, they're not really looking to not, nuke the whole. Yeah. They're not looking to nuke the firm. Right. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the update on that. It, uh, I don't know it. she, Meghan Markle, I feel like handled herself pretty well. And I thought it was funny because the part I watched, they're talking, they're sitting down outside, not when they're sitting in the chairs, but they're sitting in this other thing and they have the cam, this other area and they have the camera focus on Oprah and Megan and they're talking. And all of a sudden you hear this, this dude voice just out of the corner and Harry's been there the whole time. But like, it, it's almost like he was just like, you know, you sit over here. We'll yeah. talk to you the, when we need you. The one thing that was kind of annoying is Megan was like really determined to pretend she doesn't know any of the press about her. Oh yeah. And so yeah. she'd she be like, Oh, I don't read that stuff. Or I she'd say, Well, I saw this picture yeah. and she's like, My friend sent it to me. But then anytime yeah. like Oprah would mention a specific story, she would be like, Yeah, that's what they said. And this and, and it's like Yeah. Uh, you could just say you Google yourself. And then the fact that she said she never even like Google Googled Prince Harry or anything about the royal family. I, I didn't think that seemed believable. They, I did. So when she said she didn't know that she was like, like when she was going to meet the queen for the first time, it was all kind of random. It wasn't like some official thing. And she said, Harry was like, do you know how to curtsy? And she was surprised that you'd like, that she would need to know that or that that would be happening. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like given that she's an American actress, that it, it would make sense to think that that stuff only happens like on camera type thing that like in private they're not like bowing and curtsying to their grandmother. Like I I mean I can see how somebody would just think that that's how it worked. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that was I found that part believable when she was like yeah. wait really it's your grandma. Like I would just assume again because I mean I don't know you've met like cool people like there's not all the formalities of like walking a red carpet. But yeah you know, it's yeah, a different she mentioned setup. that about like her being from Hollywood and seeing celebrities and not really being like phased by it. And you know, when you're big time Hollywood big shot like Meghan Markle or myself, you don't get phased by these things. Exactly. You know, when when like you're when you see your friend Renee Zellweger just coming by, like you're not like, oh my goodness, oh, she's so great, all time top all time lady. What a what. A, what a lass. So nice. Yep. 
so I don't know. It was interesting. I, I the palace, I guess, has already said that they take that they you know they don't take it lightly, and they want to look into the racism stuff, and you know, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, I assume it's building towards a big apology and then forgiveness, and everybody's happy again. Okay, that's my prediction. Second up. There's some movement on the free Britney front. Give us a I, give us an update. I, I don't know if we have to. I don't know how much time we have to spend. Yeah, on yeah, it, we can do I don't it know just what quick. Is, but yeah, the main thing is after talking about this for like two years, and then um, you know, there's been all this movement, right? Like the New York Times documentary and all this stuff. Well, now Congressman Matt Gates of Florida and Congressman Jim Jordan um, have sent a letter to the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, who is a Democrat, um, asking to have a hearing on conservatorships in general, and then specifically the Britney Spears thing. And then um, when asked about it by a reporter, Matt Gates, again, GOP congressman from Florida said, um, you know, perhaps we just call Britney in herself and just talk to her directly without the lawyers and the conservators and the other people and just find out what's going on. So, uh, you know, that's, um, interest. I've, I've been in clubhouse rooms with Matt Gates, and he definitely has a sort of AOC sense of like, well, there's not a whole lot you can do as a congressperson other than like, you know, pop culture issues that get people excited. Like he sort of, yeah, he Matt talks about his like admiration for her, for AOC being like, you know, only picking up trivial issues that are like popular in the culture and kind of saying, you might as well just do the same thing. Matt Gates is definitely out there fighting the culture war. Well, you know, like I said, I don't think it matters who does it, but I'm, I guess it's great that now it's in, in the congressional record, the situation with uh, with Brittany and the free Brittany. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, it potentially has the ability to help many people, not just her, right? Yeah. She, I mean, can't, there's she a, can't be the only one in the world that's caught up. No, in there's a movie on Amazon Prime called The Guardians. It's a documentary and it talks through cases where they do this same setup, but it's with old people. Like basically an old person falls and, you know, breaks a limb or gets bruised. And then the doctor, mm-hmm. refer, you know, ref- writes a letter saying that they can't care for themselves. And then these guardians step in and suddenly have control of everything. And they start just selling off the people's houses and their investments and they take them from their families. And there's it's, it's all legal because that's just it's- how guardianship works. Yeah, there's a movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot that I just watched. Yeah. And that's so like, the premise of that movie. The opening court scenes with the judge for I Care A Lot where they're like, oh, you know, she's a professional, blah, blah, blah. Like those are just straight out of the Guardians movie of like actual court cases in Nevada. Like the judge said those exact things about this woman. The woman in real life, her name was April Parks. But um, like the like up until the Russian Mafia piece starts with the uh-huh. I Care A Lot stuff. Um, a lot of that was like just straight up real. Like those were quotes out of actual cases. Um, and so the, the, along with the, I care a lot, which is, I liked it a lot. And I I was glad that it won some golden globes, um, Mm -hmm. was that there's a documentary that has like the actual cases of this, that it's, you know, that that movie sort of pulls from, but I mean, that stuff's totally real and it's really messed up. I mean, it's yeah. Freaks me out for relatives. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, so you yeah. basically, yeah, it, it, uh, hopefully there's some good leeway made on that, but yeah, it's funny that it's now just entered into the congressional record. You fought hard. You kept telling people, Zach. 
I, I know I felt like I just kept uh, kept bringing it up and everyone was like, why are you talking about this? And I was like, it's messed up. Like, think about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not saying that, again, I'm not saying that I mean this into the consciousness of like conservative movement figures, but I'm not not saying that, you know? Of course. Yeah. And uh, Pope Francis went to the Iraq. That's right. He did. Crushed it. He did. He, uh, he did. It was another kind of shining moment of his papacy. Flexed on flexed on ISIS everywhere he went. He went to a place. You know he had that, to do it to him. He went to a place that ISIS, where ISIS threatened to behead him if he ever came to that place, right? Yeah. Wasn't that like... So yeah, he did I, that. I, I'd kind of forgotten that, but that's right. Yeah, they, that's what they said, that they wanted to do that. And there he was, head attached. <laughs> and he uh, visited an Iraqi church that was once attacked by ISIS. Yeah, so just, that was neat. The picture I retweeted that, the picture of what it looked like after ISIS blew it up, and then now it's restored. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's been going around. Uh, no fear in this guy. He doesn't fear his haters and he doesn't fear uh, showing up to places that people don't want him to. It's you can see the effects that these things have. Like you always you and obviously they're going to have a warm, warm reception and like have people there to greet them. But you see these people are they're smiling and they're happy. The Pope in, is there. Thousands of people show up to like see the Pope and you realize like they're just the, they're just normal people that the pope has never come to their country and the symbol of catholicism has now come to their country when the he's the most peaceful most peaceful foreign object to come to iraq in decades right he's the only foreign thing to come to iraq that doesn't that hasn't caused explosions um, and it, yeah the only person and, to show up in peace and actually greeted as a liberator unlike what, what we yeah. were claiming would happen well but you just see like so as we talked about with walter like all these people fighting like did you see this and that like guys there are real people over there that are just so like they just can't help themselves but be happy that pope francis has come to their country and that's why it was pretty important for him to go and you can set aside like all the The haters complained that it was a super spreader event, but well that I was just about to say that like they, they, you can get your mileage out of pieces like after lockdowns and after blah, blah, blah in Italy, Pope Francis goes to Iraq and be like, okay, like you, okay. Like I don't, you don't like, it's just a thing you have to feel like compelled to write to like show that you're still aware that, five however many people in the world have died is it reached a million did it reach a million people that died of covid or whatever i mean it's half a million in america so it's certainly worldwide much more than yeah so you can't like we we feel like like jeremy mcclellan said like you just you have to have a certain amount of survivor's guilt right so like you can't just let pope francis go to iraq you have to make sure everyone knows that you're still aware that something is happening and like, Ooh, this the, could the happen, real, right? real bravery is staying home and saving lives. Did you see they're coming out? You know, those shirts where it's like multiple names, like, uh, 
it'd be like the starting five for a basketball team. So it's like Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and Kukoc and, you know, like those things, how you get the, like, or like John and Paul and George and Ringo, like for the Beatles. Uh huh. You know, those shirts. Yeah. They're, they did one for, it was like Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and Moderna. And it's like, okay, we love big pharma again for some reason, but also like, it's <laughs> I, just these yeah, things like, it. yeah, it's amazing. And uh, the same people that are going to buy those are the same ones that won't go outside after everyone's vaccinated because they're still scared of it. Like it. It's interesting because anyway, there's, there's two versions of this afraid it to reopen thing that I'm seeing. Like some people are these kind of um, chronic, like lib brain. Like, I don't even know if it's lit, like, like, you know, watches TV brain. And they, yeah. they just are like, I can't, you know, it's so not safe to go outside. There's still particles and stuff. But then I think there's a certain amount of people that are like, and I'm noticing this is how tends to be more women that are like, I don't want to never see the inside of my house and my kids. Like, I don't want to go back to before like that whole rat race and it, yeah. i think it's important to distinguish one that is like a function of mental illness with these people that are afraid of leaving their house and then the other which is just a recognition that the before times did have a lot of flaws and the yeah, rat race right. career stuff was bad yeah yeah no that's totally i totally get that but i digress when i was talking about pope francis right like so it's the easy easy things of there's just so much content, but overall, I mean, it was, it seemed pretty good. And then, then the, you get former guest of the show, Massimo Fajoli, who wrote like, he can't wait for people to compare Pope Francis and the speed, like the homily he gave in Iraq versus what Pope Benedict the 16th did at, mm-hmm. uh, I forget where he visited. And didn't you uh, say Regensburg. like, yeah, didn't you say so he was comparing well, to yeah he was so massimo mentioned two speeches by um pope francis and then a speech by benedict and how they were opposed but in one of the speeches francis quoted benedict and i was pointing out that like this is ridiculous there's a much better like explainer article about it in the catholic herald by sora bamari um we'll post that to the show notes former guest of the show yes well, two time right well, two time two time two time uh We'll wait till the heat just dies down and have him back for a third. Uh, I don't know what heat, but um, well, that's just another example of we need to always pit people against each other. But like, I don't know, just he went, Pope Francis went to a place that no Pope, no Pope has made a papal visit to a place that was basically like occupied and a product uh, like the owned owned by the ISIS and it isn't. And he went and he, he did it. He brought smiles to these people's faces and he like showed that Catholicism is truly the other thing about these visits. Is it like shows that Catholicism is a religion that the entire world can embrace, right? It's not just like a European religion or it's not an American. Like you go, he's going into these places and saying like, I understand that, you are Catholic and there are Catholics here and you matter and you are valid. Right. And your country has your basic, your country is basically hell, hell on earth due to things outside of your control and Americans. Yeah. And, and as I am, I am 
the head of the church of Christ, I am going to knock back hell. Right. So like it, yeah. So that, I don't know that like, it just, it's so tiring to always, we just always have to find like, Matt's like, I'm tired. I'm, I'm sleepy. Sleepy. Do you remember, no, do you remember like all summer when activists were always like, I'm tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, uh, and I mean, I guess, I don't know. Did he do some like interfaith service? They're always doing these interfaith things or like meeting with, like he met oh, with. Yeah. 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 I don't know. He like led well, we, some sort of thing. I guess that's what a lot of people freak out about. But like a lot of those are like diplomatic events. Like I, I don't know. I I guess I've just like run out of outrage on that issue. We're, we're well, like yeah, and we need seventy like, years into we, this. Yeah, we need to send our we need to send our super secret Catholic converter Pope Francis into the head on into these things, and they come away and they're like, I like him. I want to be Catholic now. I mean, some of it they're talking about, you know, oh, the site was used for pagan stuff. It's like, well, okay, but the Pantheon was too, right? And that's a church now. And the, I mean, the Colosseum is a church now. Um, you know, I mean, I mean like, like, we, we, we've done a pretty yeah. good job snatching up, uh, you know, the the spoils of Egypt type thing. So, you know, I think... You don't want to just like, you don't want to just avoid any place that there's been a pagan ritual, right? You want to avoid, if that pagan ritual is currently happening by all means, avoid it. But like, I don't know, go in there. I know, a, I know a parish that a Catholic parish that was once a seventh day Adventist. Yeah. Place, I mean, right? the modern day in Dallas used to be Methodist church. I think they bought it from yeah. like, these Korean Methodists. So, I mean, you can yeah. reconsecrate it. I mean, yeah, not that take it over this location, but the idea that it was like, you don't have to like burn it all down. And like build it. At some ones. point, I think we're just finding. I, the, I think the, we're just, again, the, the supply of out, of outrage of Pope Francis, outrageous stuff doesn't keep up with the demand. So you got to find your yeah. things to get mad about. Yep. That's that. What else do we have? Our, let's see. We talked about, uh, Exploding barbed wire deathmatch check. Yeah, we Harry uh, check. Yeah, Matt Gates and Britney Spears check. Yeah, Pope Francis check. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm keeping a, a different daily schedule currently, trying to stick with it. I, I sometimes get in the mindset this time of year that if I'm conscious and able to function, I should be working. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I have this hypothesis that I'm testing that if I limit my work hours to just really specific ones that I'll, I'll get more done in that time and that will like offset. And then at the time that I'm like not on the clock, you know, just totally ignoring work during those times. Like I, mm -hmm. I literally made a list of the work related apps. And when the, when I, you know, quote unquote, like workday ends, I go and like turn off notifications on like all those apps. And then the next day when it begins, I like turn those notifications back on like that way, literally like, Cause that's, I'll be, you know, if I get an email after dinner, I immediately want to like stress about it. So right. I'm like totally unplugged and keeping limited hours and we'll see how this goes. That's good. Sometimes you got to do it. You know, I had to do it to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what else is going on. Uh, is there, so there, what else, there's no other news we've, I, we've done all the news. 
I mean, I think we pretty much have, there's not, I mean, the stimulus stuff passed and that should be, that'll be really good for people that have kids. It's, it's a surprisingly generous new approach to child tax credits. So maybe we can talk more about that like specifically later. Yeah. You got to get on that. Oh, did you see, uh, Joe Biden had to kick his dogs out of the white house. Yeah. They were just so too funny. much. I post, I retweeted a thing. It was like dogs when Trump was president, dogs when Biden was president. And it's like a photo of Trump putting that medal of freedom on a dog and then yeah. a dog in the cage. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's a, uh, did they hurt anyone? I hope they didn't hurt anyone. Were they just apparently being they attacked aggressive? someone? Yeah. They haven't gone into two specific, I guess the dog was caught off guard and attacked someone. And that person, Megan Markle. <laughs> Never. Oh, they've caused a, oh, one bit of White House security officer. Oh, nice. A-cap, this is one of those baby. things. <laughs> this is one of those things where if I was like a right wing news site, I would be like, how could, how could he protect America if his security officers can't even not get bitten by a dog? Well, that's uh, it's a good question, folks. That's super, super uh, relevant question to be asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They. Uh, so that's uh, no skin puncture, no bleeding. He nipped the agent's hand and the injury was extremely minor. So it sounded like the dog was just being a dog. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just it is funny. Like, I don't like to do the what about stuff, but I... I do think I if do. this I had been like it. the Trump's dog, it would have become like, you know, this is clear that dogs, you know, get their psychology from their owners. And this shows that, you know, Trump as an authoritarian, paranoid, you know, I mean, like it would, it would imply all these things about Trump and his psychology. If his dog, he, holds, he puts those dogs in a room and holds their eyelids open and makes them watch propaganda films about black lives matter. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Always doing it. Yeah, it's uh. All right, well, that seems to be the news. The news, all the they, news uh, that's unfit to print. Yeah, they had the All Star Game this weekend, but I don't know. That was fine. <laughs> Someone said so. Oprah just happened to be in their yard at the exact moment they decided to open up about stuff. I don't buy it. I think the whole thing was planned. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, coming back because we're the only we're the only legit news site. Don't listen to anybody else except us. Correct. No one else. Yep. All right. Well, man, thanks for listening. We will talk to you all next week. See ya.